This episode is dedicated to Dan, Marcel Bonafe, Diane Rowland, and John Lee for becoming our newest Southpaw supporters and helping to make this project possible. This is Sam. This is Paul. And this is Fight Study. UFC on ESPN, Whitaker vs. Gastelum took place on Saturday, April 17, 2021. In the main event, Robert Whitaker beat Kelvin Gastelum by unanimous decision, scoring 50-45 to on all three judges' scorecards. It was a return to form for the former champion and a fight that saw him pitch a shutout. Some fans may remember that this fight was supposed to take place back at UFC 234 in 2019. Unfortunately for all of us, and especially Whitaker, he was forced to undergo emergency dual surgery on the day of the fight due to an abdominal hernia of the intestine and a twisted and collapsed bowel. If that operation was supposed to have long-term effects on his health, it sure didn't look like it. The fight played out like vintage Whitaker, who put on a striking clinic as he pieced up Kelvin Gastelum. There were times when Whitaker would string together combinations before moving out of range, only for Gasolum to chase him and get caught with the counter. This was how he was able to beat the likes of Uriah Hall and Rafael Natal in the past, and more recently, he put on the same kind of technical striking against Darren Till and Jared Cannonier. It's not flashy and the moves won't go viral, but there's no denying its effectiveness. Coming into the fight, Fans wondered how Whitaker would do against a stocky southpaw with a strong wrestling base. This would have been a good question before the Yol Romero fights. Whitaker does well against southpaws and has quite a bit of experience against them. Of his past five opponents, three of them were southpaws. His right straight to high kick in particular is always there against left-handed fighters. And he has other strikes to set them up and has contingencies in case they miss. What makes Whitaker's head kick impressive is how he's able to chain it right after his straight punch from the same side. It's not that it hasn't been done before. Pyotr Jan has a pretty good setup from this position as well. It's just that the higher up in weight you go, the harder it is to find fighters that can do this effectively. In addition to the high kicks, Whitaker has a couple of low kicks that he sets up with feints. Look closely at his hips and his feet and you'll find it difficult to determine if his kicks will go high or low. It throws opponents off, especially as the fight wears on. A common setup is for Whitaker to throw his straight into a high kick, only to switch to a straight into a low kick. Gaslam had his hands up to block the kick if it came up to his head or body, but was unprepared for it to hit his legs. According to his post-fight interview with the ESPN crew, Whitaker credits his improved head movement and shoulder rolls from leaving his comfort zone and boxing for boxing's sake. This has increased his abilities at close range. In particular, he also found a way to constantly block Gaslam's strike by wedging in his arms when he felt an attack coming. Gaslam connected mostly on Whitaker's forearms and shoulders. This doesn't mean that Gaslam landed nothing. Even a glancing look at Whitaker's face showed quite the damage whenever Gaslam was able to connect. In addition to his improved boxing, 
we got to see Whitaker show off some of his wrestling chops. In between strikes, Whitaker was able to clinch up and sneak in a couple of takedowns that seemed to catch Gaslam by surprise. For those that may be unaware, Whitaker has a decent freestyle wrestling career. He's won the Australian National Wrestling Championship's gold medal in the 97kg division back in May 2017 and did well enough to qualify for the Commonwealth Games in 2018. It was his UFC commitments that kept him from representing Australia in wrestling competitions, and who knows how well he could have done in that kind of setting. At the very least, his wrestling is good enough to take down and hold down someone of Gaslam's caliber. One striking habit that Whitaker has done a good job of patching up is throwing his left hook without sticking his chin out. It's been an issue in the past when he runs forward with his head on a platter, but he's timed more of his strikes when he knew Gaslam wouldn't be able to counter as quickly. Against Cannoneer and Gaslam, it was thrown when they were already moving back with their hands down. Last but not least, the thing that got Whitaker in trouble the most was his bounce, 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 attack style of striking. More often than not, it's quick enough to give opponents trouble, but now and then, it gives them the perfect opportunity to counter when Whitaker is at his most vulnerable. Adesanya was able to drop and knock out Whitaker, but both Till and Cannoneer also had success with counters whenever Whitaker got sloppy. It cost them a couple of rounds, as the scorecards for those fights with Till and Cannoneer were 48 and 47 and 29 to 28, respectively. This time around, it was a clean sweep of 50 to 45. Speaking of numbers, the stats were definitely in Whitaker's favor. Whitaker landed 150 significant strikes to Gaslam 62, more than double the amount. When you factor in total strikes landed, the number goes up to 169 for Whitaker, while Gaslam's only rises to 70. Whitaker is functionally the same fighter, but has refined his weapons while shoring up his weaknesses. For him, anything short of an Israel Adesanya rematch would be an insult. Leading up to his first title fight, Whitaker cleared out the division before getting a shot at the interim middleweight title against Yoel Romero. Whitaker finds himself in a similar position, beating out all the other top contenders. And to be frank, is anyone really clamoring for a Marvin Vittori versus Israel Adesanya rematch? Yeah, I didn't think so. For Gaslam, the loss puts him in a tough spot. He's 1-4 in, in his last 5 fights, and no matter how you look at it, things don't get any easier. To his credit, Gaslam accepted this fight on short notice with roughly a month to prepare. Yes, this fight should have happened 2 years ago, but it's probably to Whitaker's benefit that it took place in 2021 instead of 2019. Gaslam has been through a barn burner with Adesanya in his interim title fight, and his subsequent fights against Darren Till and Ian Heinish gave a lot of intel for Whitaker and his team to dissect. It's not that Gaslam can't climb his way back to the top, it's just that there are more obstacles in the way. Looking at the middleweight rankings, the only fights available for him against competition he hasn't already faced are Paulo Costa, Jarek Hananier, Derek Brunson, and Marvin Vittori. Since Gaslam and Vittori are training partners, the likelihood of these two competing against each other outside of a title fight or a number one contenders match is very slim. The rest of the competition, Costa, Cannoneer, and Brunson, 
are also tough matchups stylistically. Costa can hurt Gaslam's standing, and Cannoneer might have a field day with his leg kicks. Brunson might try to emulate the best parts of Whitaker's grappling and try to make it a wrestling match. That's not to say that Gaslam couldn't figure out a way to get in the win column. He could catch Casa in an exchange of hooks, and his pressure-heavy lead-with-feint style could cause Cannoneer to whiff on the counters and keep him from landing kicks while moving backward. And for Brunson, if there's one thing Gaslam has done well, it's popping back up and blasting opponents with strikes. You don't need to look further than Tim Kennedy and name Marquardt as proof. Gaslam might benefit the most by taking some time off and adding more tools to his arsenal. Everyone knows that his left straight and lead hooks are dangerous, but that's also the problem. Over time, opponents and their coaches have found different ways to nullify the strikes by either clinching up the moment he gets too close or blasting Gaslam with kicks and combinations to keep him at range. Gaslam still has enough youth on his side to learn different setups or lean more into his wrestling to keep opponents on edge and their hands low. He hasn't shown much of a low kick game, and what better time than now to incorporate it? He's already adept at closing the distance, and if opponents manage to time it and counter, it gives Gaslam what he wanted in the first place, a stationary opponent. The middleweight division is in an interesting place where the champion has mostly rematches ahead of him. Even though Adesanya held up the division by chasing a second title at light heavyweight, those plans went unaccomplished, so he's back to defending one title. It's an odd problem because Adesanya is so much better than most of his peers, and he'd still be a heavy favorite in his rematch against Whitaker. With that said, MMA is still a wildly unpredictable game, so it's very possible that this time next year, we have middleweight champion Robert Whitaker defending his middleweight title while Adesanya has moved over to fighting Jake Paul for the undisputed Triller Club heavyweight belt. It might seem far-fetched, but if I told you in April 2020 that Jake Paul is an undefeated pro boxer that will beat a former MMA world champion in a boxing match, you would have told me that there's no way in hell that happens. When it comes to fighting... Expect the unexpected. Now that's the show. If you enjoyed this episode and find this type of independent media worthwhile, please consider supporting the show on Patreon. We have a lot more episodes like this one in the works, but need your financial support to keep the show running. Even a few dollars a month goes a long way. No one does what we do, and it's all being funded by you, the listener. In return for supporting us, you'll gain access to lots of bonus content along with our private Discord chat. Even if you can't support us, there's a lot of free bonus content there as well. We also have an online store if you want to show your Southpaw solidarity by wearing our swag. You can find all pertinent links at southpawpod.com. And if you can't afford to support the show and still want to help, please leave us a 5-star review wherever you listen. This makes it easier for others to find us. And don't forget to share your favorite episodes or the podcast itself on social media. Tell your friends. Until next time, goodbye. South Pauls. Hitting with the left. South Pauls. Sam. Paul. 
South Paul. South Paul.